are clear about the situation at the time of the end. The world will remilitarize in preparation for the coming conflict. Joel clearly outlines the call-up. We read in chapter 3, verses 9 to 10, Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles, prepare war, wake up the mighty men, let all the men of war draw near, let them come up, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears, let the weak say, I am strong. Well, the phrase call up carries the meaning of inciting, awakening, stirring up the armies of the mighty men. The passage clearly speaks of the transition from a peacetime to a wartime footing. We have seen that clearly over the past few years, and these past few weeks have seen calls across the globe for increase in armies, weapons, and military spending. A new report put out on Tuesday by the International Institute for Strategic Studies stated the current military security situation heralds what is likely to be a more dangerous decade characterized by the brazen application of some military powers to pursue claims evoking a might-is-right approach as well as the desire among like-minded democracies for stronger bilateral and multilateral defense ties in response. Global defense spending rose 9% to $2.2 trillion last year as a result of Russia's full-scale invasion of the Ukraine. End quote. This is the biggest spending on defense in the history of modern mankind. The report also stated... Non-U.S. members of NATO have increased their spending by over 30% last year. Eleven countries in the North Atlantic Treaty Organization are now meeting the requirement to spend 2% of their gross domestic product on defense spending. CBS News reported under a heading, As Europe's armies brace for war, allies call on Canada and others to catch up. The reporter stated the following, In Estonia... They're talking about building more public bomb shelters and making them mandatory in all newly constructed homes. In neighboring Latvia, the government is going through the second draft of mandatory military service legislation. Next door in Lithuania, they're talking of universal conscription. I understand that when we speak from the Baltic perspective, it might sound somewhat dramatic and shocking, the Speaker of Seamus, Lithuania's legislator, told CBC News Monday in Ottawa. It's obvious that today, democracy itself, democratic countries, democracies all over the world are under pressure from Russia and its autocrat allies, end quote. The calls throughout Europe, especially amongst those nations bordering Russia, are quite alarming. The same article stated two weeks ago in Sweden, a political debate erupted after the country's top two defense officials warned that war would be on the horizon. Sweden's civil defense minister, Carl Oskar Bolin, and its military commander-in-chief, General Michael Biden, said people should prepare mentally for the possibility and begin stocking up on supplies, end quote. The countries closer to Russia are the most aware of the immediacy of the threat. The Washington Post reported on February 12th, most of the countries that spend beyond 2% mark either share a border with Russia or sit near the front lines of the Ukraine war. Poland, which shares part of its northern border with the Russian enclave of Kaliningrad, 
and a long stretch of its southern border with uh, Ukraine spent a great share of its GDP on defense last year, more than any member state at 3.9%. End quote. Well, Politics Germany also reported the following on February 14th. Germany will meet NATO's defense spending target of 2% of its gross domestic product, GDP, for the first time since the early 1990s, according to a defense military spokesman and NATO forecast released Wednesday. Well, the concern with many European nations is the aggressive actions of Moscow, not just on the field, but in its preparations. The IISS article continued, Moscow has an ambitious rebuilding plan. Russia's military spending in 2024 will increase to 7.1% of its gross domestic product, GDP, and will account for 35% of the total government spending, according to the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute. Dutch Admiral Rob Bauer, chair of NATO's military council, stated the following as reported in the article. I think a nation needs to understand that when it comes to war, as we see in Ukraine, it's a whole of society event. The West, he said, has for decades been laboring under the belief that the professional military would solve these security issues that we had in Afghanistan and in Iraq. That approach isn't good enough any longer, he said. You need you will need more people from society to sustain the military in terms of people, he said. You will need industry to have enough ammunition to produce new tanks, new ships, new aircraft, new artillery pieces. All that is part of this discussion of a whole of society event. I think more people will need to understand it's not just something of the armed forces and money. We will need to be readier across the whole spectrum. End quote. Well, the specter of war, not just adventurous foreign wars where elite soldiers are sent off on missions, but war on the home front where every aspect of society is involved, is becoming a real and present danger. There has been an exponential growth in funding nations are spending on their military. According to the publication Defense and Military Analysis, the Era of Insecurity, the following is stated. Russia's territorial ambitions also have spurred several governments in Europe to refresh their security thinking. Germany published a first national security strategy, and the UK issued an update to its defense command paper. All made clear that national security is no longer an afterthought and that looming challenges require serious attention. End quote. Well, the paper went on to state that nations are building back their defenses. It went on to state fighting in Ukraine has exposed how far armed forces and defense industries have fallen in their ability to rapidly replenish munition stocks. In the aftermath of the Cold War, many Western forces drew down or largely relinquished stockpiles amid pressure from politicians to eliminate inventories that were judged excessive in the absence of a clear threat. Now, military leaders and some politicians acknowledge that was a mistake and are reversing course. The United Kingdom, as part of its updated command paper, said it would invest a further £2.5 billion, which is $3 billion US dollars, to make its munition stockpile more resilient. Australia set up a guided weapons and explosive ordnance enterprise to ensure adequate supply. Washington and Canberra 
also agreed to work together to enable the potential co-production of guided multiple launch rocket systems in Australia by 2025, and for the country to be able to produce some 155 millimeter artillery shells. Germany expanded an existing framework agreement to buy 120 millimeter tank ammunition from Rheinmetall, given the company's greater certainty over a long-term demand. At the end of the year, Finland announced it would double ammunition production capacity by 2027. By realizing some of these ambitions proved problematic, the European Union was on track to miss, by a wide margin, its target of delivering Ukraine 1,155mm shells within a year by March 2024. End quote. Well, this means fulfilling the words of Joel and moving from a peace footing to a war footing. Admiral Robert Bauer, the chair of NATO's military committee, said governments have to make some investment in industry to assure resilience in case of conflict. If we want to have the ability to scale up because of war, then we need to have factories that probably are empty and doing nothing for 10 years. But when it's necessary, they need to be up and running within a month, end quote. Well, in Britain, media outlets are also reporting of the alarm being raised by governments. Defence Secretary Grant Shapps warned recently that the UK is adapting to a pre-war world. Former Minister Tobias Elwood, who served in the army, cautioned that there is a 1939 feel to the world and Britain is not prepared. We've been too complacent. What's coming over the horizon should shock us. It should worry us and we are not prepared. Patrick Sanders is saying, prepare for what is coming over the horizon. There is a 1999 feel to the world right now, he told Sky News. These authoritarian states are rearming. There's a risk averseness about the West in wanting to deal with that, and our global institutions, such as the United Nations, aren't able to hold these errant nations to account, end quote. Well, the article went on to state, while the UK is currently spending around 2.2% of GDP, Sir Patrick pointed out Russia is spending nearly 40% of public expenditure on defense. This is not merely about reestablishing of the Russian empire. It's about defeating our system and way of life politically, psychologically, and symbolically, end quote. Well, NATO's secretary general was reported by Politics Germany as stating, this year, I expect 18 allies to spend 2% of their GDP on defense. That is another record number, Stalenberg said during his pre-ministerial press conference in Brussels. He said this represents a six-fold increase from 2014, when there were only three allies that met the target. He praised the unprecedented 11% increase in defense spending in the 31-nation alliance, end quote. Well, military expert Professor Michael Clark, a former director of the Royal United Services Institute, told BBC Four's radio program, the peace dividend is over. We don't have an, any innate right to assume in Europe that we can live in peace and security. By doing nothing, we will not live in peace and security. We've got to do something about it. The Russian invasion of Ukraine, which really crossed the line in 2022, I think has been a wake up call. End quote. While once again reiterating the words of the prophet Joel and calling on the governments to wake up the men of war. It is not good enough to have weapons and money. Armies are built out of soldiers. 
The time of the end sees masses of soldiers invading the nation of Israel. Ezekiel describes the host in chapter 38, verse 9. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. The great cloud described here is, is later defined in verses 15 to 16. Thou shalt come from thy places out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding on horses, a great company and a mighty army. Thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days, and I will bring thee against my people, that the heathen may know me, when I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before their eyes. Well, Daniel likewise describes this host in chapter 11, verse 40, where he says at the time of the end, shall the king of the south push at him? And then he goes on to describe the invasion. The king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and horsemen and many ships, and he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. Joel also depicts this picture in chapter 3, verse 14, where he states, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, or threshing, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of threshing. Well, the armies of the world have been dwindling over the past 30 years, since the fall of the Iron Curtain and the collapse of the Soviet Union. The alarm is being sounded all over the globe. AustraliaNews.com reported, Earlier this month, the chair of NATO's military committee, Admiral Rob Bauer, said civilians in member states should be prepared for a potential future war with Russia. A large number of civilians would have to be called up if conflict accelerated in Europe, he added. In the UK, the Daily Mail reported on General Sir Patrick Sanders, chief of the general staff, as stating, we need an army designed to expand rapidly to enable the first echelon, resource the second echelon, and train and equip the citizen army that must follow. Within the next three years, it must be credible to talk of a British army of 120,000, folding in our reserves and strategic reserves. But this is still not enough. Our friends in Eastern and Northern Europe, who feel proximity of the Russian threat more accurately, are already laying foundations for national mobilization, taking preparatory steps to enable placing our soul societies on a war footing when needed, are now not merely desirable, but essential. Well, Sir Patrick's reference to a citizen army is a call for conscription. His call was echoed by Professor Michael Clark, a former director of the Royal United Services Institute, who stated, Numbers matter. If we look at our experience in the 20th century at some point, if you get yourself involved in a war or if you're trying to deter a major war, at some point you have to be able to commit numbers, not just to have a small force that when it's gone, it's gone. That's what happened to us in the First and Second World Wars. Our professional army was effectively destroyed early on. But then that provided the core of citizens, a volunteer army in the First World War, and then a citizen conscript army in the Second World War, much, much bigger. We went on to win, end quote. General Richard Sheriff, ex-deputy, ex-Deputy Supreme Allied Commander of the military organization, warned that the UK defense budget is not big enough to expand the armed forces alone. He told Sky News, conscription to most professional soldiers, and I count myself as one, is absolute anathema. 
Britain's armed forces have traditionally and culturally relied on long-service volunteer, highly professional soldiers with huge experience, and that is really the way we would all want to go want it to go on. However, given the current global situation and defense funding cuts since the end of the Cold War, he said, I think we need to get over many of the cultural hang-ups and assumptions and frankly think the unthinkable. I think we need to go further and look carefully at conscription, he said. End quote. Well, during World War II, future Prime Minister Churchill, when he lost his role as the first Lord of the Admiralty, joined the armed forces in the trenches of Europe. Following suit, former Prime Minister Boris Johnson applauded General Sanders and encouraged young people to sign up for the military on his January 27th column. Boris stated, so you betcha, if it really came to it, I would be there in the dugout with General Sanders, and I bet that there are many readers who would feel the same way. Adding later on in his article, if you want peace, prepare for war, end quote. This is the prospect that nobody wants to contemplate and many politicians recoil from, but it is being discussed at high levels throughout the world. The German publication DW reported in December, even conscription, something Germans ended in 2011, is also up for debate. There were reasons at the time to suspend compulsory military service. In retrospect, however, it was a mistake, Pistorius told newsletter or newspaper DeWalt early in December. He also cited the case of Sweden, where compulsory military service was suspended and then reintroduced. I'm looking at models such as the Swedish model, where all young men and women are conscripted and only a select few would end up doing the basic military service. Whether something like this would be conceivable here is part of these considerations, said Pistorius. Pistorius is the German Minister of Defense. Well, in Germany, this is being touted by the opposition as well. John Waldenfall, leader of the center-right Christian Democratic Union and the Christian Social Union parliamentary group, told DW, the CDU's position here is clear. We are in favor of general compulsory service, i.e. service in the Bundeswehr, but also in other emergency services. The latter would include fire departments, federal agency for technical relief, and a number of charitable organizations set up under uh, to help in crisis situations, end quote. Well, the Euro News also reported in January, with peace in the region no longer a given, many Western capitals began asking if conscription was a solution to their security fears at times igniting fiery debate. Lithuania in August announced plans to extend its draft, joining Denmark, while German and British politicians have suggested reviving compulsory military service. Europe's armed forces, particularly those on the border with Russia, now realize they don't have enough manpower, said Vincesio Bove, the professor of political science at Warwick University who specializes in conscription. They clearly see conscription as a solution to that, end quote. Well, this debate isn't isolated to Europe. The Australian news agency news.com.au ran a headline on January 28th reading, Australia must consider bringing back conscription as all-out war with Russia looms, experts say. The article stated, rapidly rising global tensions in Eastern Europe and the Middle East threaten to drag Australia into an orbit of an open confrontation. Dr. Alexei Muraviv uh, Associate Professor of National Security and Strategic Studies in Curtin University said. He added, 
it may be time for Australia to consider another uncomfortable subject, the return of national service. As the risk of Australia being drawn into major war increases, we are facing a short window of opportunity to address some of the shortfalls in our defense capability, end quote. Well, the article also went on to report former Prime Minister uh, Tony Abbott in a speech to high school graduates saying to people who turn 18 or who leave school, we expect you to spend a significant period of time, six months, 12 months, whatever, doing something for our country, giving something back, whether it's putting on the uniform or becoming at least basically trained infantry soldier, Mr. Abbott said in a podcast. Well, when you consider where nations are and where their armies are, America has 333,000 sailors and a million soldiers, including the Air Force. Its rival, the Russian Navy, has 160,000 sailors and 1.16 million soldiers. Now, when you look at Europe, Germany has 16,500 sailors and 170,000 active soldiers in its army. France, 37,000 sailors, 118,000 active soldiers in its army. But Britain, only 27,000 soldiers or sailors and 76,000 active soldiers. The Australian Navy has 15,000 sailors and 57,000 regular soldiers in its army. Canada, though, has 8,400 sailors. The entire Canadian Navy could fit on two U.S. aircraft carriers, including all its reserves. The average U.S. aircraft carrier requires 6,000 to 6,500 crew, and the U.S. has 11 in active service right now. The Canadian Armed Forces has approximately 68,000 armed forces. Well, New Zealand has 2,000 active sailors with 4,200 regular soldiers in its army. So when the crisis predicted in the Bible arrives, there will be massive call-ups across the globe as the nations take the role assigned to them by the Bible. Many countries are discussing that call-up now, and we need to be prepared to face the challenges ahead. As we watch the Bible in the news, it is important to realize that no matter what the world thinks and plans, the Bible tells us what is coming. For the Bible in the news, this has been Jonathan Bowen joining you.